0: Hello and welcome to the Feel It to Heal It podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Kelly, and I am a clinically trained therapist, emotional wellness and life coach and healer. My mission is to help as many humans as possible feel safe to feel their feelings in order to create a life beyond their wildest dreams. Thank you for being here and let's dive in. Hello everyone and welcome back to the feel it to heal it podcast. Happy Wednesday. I am so so excited to be on here with you. Well that's partially true. I was just telling you guys on Instagram that I'd kind of rather be in bed (laughs) because my dog Sky was up all last night. Not all. He was up like two times spread out throughout the night. He had an upset tummy and uh yeah, he just has a sensitive tummy sometimes. So I do not get the consistent sleep that one needs to feel refreshed and excited to teach and show up. But today's topic that I just came up with right now is really about parenting ourselves. So what is it oh. mean to be our own? parent? It means that when we have experienced ourselves like last night, hold on, my sparking, hold on, let me just get in the room. Okay, we're back. So when we have days like today, where maybe you didn't get enough sleep, or maybe you just are feeling tired, or maybe you're like me waiting for your period to arrive, and you're just not feeling it. It goes back to the episode that I did last week on building consistency among inconsistency. Every day, is going to be inconsistent. You cannot base what you choose to do or not do based on your mood because your mood and your feelings are constantly changing. We are human feeling beings, right? Human feeling beings. So if we wake up one day and we're like, oh, we're not really in the mood to do this, or we wake up and we're like, oh, we really want to do this. That's constantly changing. So being our own parent means looking at, okay, what did I say I'm going to do? And how can I show up now? Of course, there are always exceptions to this, right? Like if you are really needing a rest day and you want to move around your schedule, or let's say you said you were going to go to this friend's thing and you realize like, oh, I don't really have the energy for it. Or I don't really want to go. Like, of course, we always have permission to change our minds or to rearrange stuff to honor what we're actually needing. But for the most part, we want to stay anchored to those consistencies among the inconsistencies, right? So even though this morning I woke up feeling tired because my dog was sick and I didn't sleep, every Wednesday I show up and do morning tea live. That is an anchor that my nervous system, and if you're watching your nervous systems, know that every Wednesday morning I come on to Instagram live, even like today when I have no topic planned or when I'm running behind and have you guys hang out while I make my smoothie, like no matter what those inconsistencies within the consistent anchor looks like, I still come on here and do it. Now, have I canceled certain morning tea lives a handful of times? Yes. Right. So there's always flexibility. It's not about rigidity, but it is about being an in integrity with what you say you're going to do and really being intentional, right? So being intentional when you do have to cancel something or being intentional when you don't want to cancel something, like really honoring how am I going to feel after this, not just how am I feeling in this present moment. And that's how we strengthen and develop consequential thinking. It's not like, oh, I don't feel like doing this in this moment. Like there's no night that I feel like brushing my teeth. Oh yeah, I'm so excited to brush my teeth. No, but I fucking just do it, right? or flossing. Like, I don't know anyone that's like, I'm so excited to floss. I mean, maybe, maybe you're, you know, you work in dental and you really get excited by floss and that's great. But for most of us, you know, these things we don't get excited for, we just have to do them. And it's just when we get in our heads around, you know, oh my God, I have to do this and this and this and this and this, we can start to get really overwhelmed. But when we just literally take it one thing at a time. I was thinking about this last night because I was finishing a chapter of my book and my mentor was like, oh my God, I can't believe we're almost done. I have three chapters left. And I was like, I can't believe I'm almost done either. I said, when I first decided I was going to write a book, it's not even like I decided. It's like, it was in the cards for me. Like my soul knew that I needed to write this book. And there was a lot of resistance to it. It was like, well, where the fuck do I even start? How would I, I don't know how to write a book. I've never written a book, at least in this lifetime. Like, where do I begin? How do I know what chapters to write? Like, it felt so big. And I ended up joining Amanda Francis's and Kara Alwell's course, Self-Publish, because I knew that I wanted to self-publish. But, you know, most of the stuff in the course was helpful because it was like logistics of Here's an editor you can use. Here's some suggestions of how to break it down. So I did the course. It was helpful, but it didn't save me from having to actually do like break down like an entire book, right? So I think about this in terms of parenting ourselves. If my inner child was running the show, which all inner child means, my mentor said this perfectly yesterday in her masterclass, it was like, inner child just means that you You are emotionally immature, like you are living in an adult body, but your child, your inner child, the younger part of yourself is running the show. And so how do we build more emotional intelligence? It's really learning to not allow your emotions to run the show. So if my inner child was running the show (laughs) and I was like, oh, this book is way too overwhelming. I don't even know where to begin. This is just crazy. Like not going to do it right? But my soul is like, no, you need to write this book. And my human ego and mind and fear is like, no, not going to do it. That would be allowing the fear to take over. I had a session with a client yesterday where he was feeling some fear around a certain new romantic connection happening. And he was like, okay, like I, I need to have a conversation. Like I need to do something. And I'm like, let's just take a breath with the fear. Let's just breathe and come back to safety. And what if you didn't need to do anything? What if you just needed to allow things to naturally unfold as they're meant to? When we get into survival mode, we immediately feel like we need to do something, right? Like, oh my God, I need to have this conversation or I need to fix this or I need to do this or, oh, there's fear. Something's wrong. No, fear shows up most of the time when something is not wrong. Yes. When something's wrong, fear will show up. We don't even have to plan for that. We know that our nervous system will take care of that one. I was lighting sage and the sage fell on my blanket and my blanket started burning and I have bad luck with fire. And, and I, I had fear, right? Like I didn't need to try and have fear. That fear was just there. And I, I got some water and put that baby out and Luckily, did not burn my whole uh, room down. It's really scary. So we don't need to try and have fear when we actually need fear. The fear will automatically go. What we do need to do is when we don't need to let fear take over. That's when we need to outsmart our nervous system. So what do I mean by outsmart? It means that when I think about this whole book and be like, "Oh my God, it's so overwhelming." Da 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 da. I know that's little me. That's the fear taking over outsmarting, it would be like, oh, it doesn't, I don't actually have to relate to it this way. I actually just get to look at it and say, oh, I want to write a book. There's some resistance. That's okay. Let's lean into the resistance and let's literally break it down and take it one step at a time and not rush the process while also holding myself accountable to taking, I was going to say daily action, but in full transparency, it has not been daily action. It has been like honoring my, flow. Like some days I'm in the flow of wanting to write and other days I'm like, no, I can't even go near that thing right now. And I honor that, right? Sometimes I can feel the difference between resistance where resistance is like, oh, I I really do want to do this thing, but there's just resistance around it. And once I get going, I'll be so glad I did it. Like going to the gym, right? Versus Uh, resistance as in like, oh, it's actually just not an alignment to spend time and energy doing that thing today. Um, I'm going to pour my energy into something else instead. And that's okay, because you're honoring your creative flow. Now, if you go weeks and weeks without touching the thing, which I did, (laughs) I think I went a few months actually, Um, then you want to look at, okay, uh, my resistance is taking over right? So building that emotional intelligence means you're not, you're honoring the emotion, you're allowing yourself to feel, but you're not letting it take over. Just like today, I have resistance on coming on here. I have resistance on getting out of my bed because I'm tired, right? But we get to decide, how am I going to relate to this? Can I show up and just be tired and and still give great value? Absolutely. Our protector perfectionism is like, oh, you can only show up if this, you can only do this, if that, you can only Speak about this, if, when, this. And it's like, no, you are over-complicating it. Less is more. I tell my clients this every single day. Less is more, less is more, less is more. We over-complicate. We wait to start. Just start. Like with this book, I literally just, writing, writing, whatever comes out. I'm not thinking about it. I'm just like letting it come out naturally, knowing that it's better to have a really messy, awful first draft than to have a blank page with nothing to work on or nothing to work with. Right. So like, whatever it is for me, it's my book that I had to break down and like, okay, it started to slowly come together. I now have like an outline of the chapters. Like you literally just start and then it builds and it builds more and it builds more. And then eventually you have this whole thing put together and you're like, wow, I I couldn't even fathom that it would have like how this would have turned out. Right. So you just have to start. So I want you to apply that to whatever little you is taking over with, whether it's starting a business, starting a podcast, starting a book, starting a fitness journey, weight loss, starting your healing journey, like just start. People use excuse of money all the time. Oh, well, I can't afford to hire you. Okay. Well then don't hire me, but there's free books. There's free content. There's free resources. There's free uh, journal prompts, free meditations. Like we all can start somewhere. You just have to start and meet yourself where you're at and stretch yourself, and rather than use excuses, be open to solutions. Universe, I want solutions, right? And be open to that. I don't know why there's like this little bug that won't, it's not flying. it's very annoying. Anyway, so you have to be open to solutions and stop getting in your own damn way, because that is all little you. So we build emotional intelligence by learning how to be our own parent. When we don't feel like brushing our teeth, we brush our teeth anyway. and doing what we say we're going to do, build self-trust. When we build self-trust, we feel a lot safer to do all those other big things, right? Because if we can't even brush our teeth every day, how do we expect ourselves to show up and lead a movement, right? Or like write a book or give a speech. It's like start with the little things, like I, I've been helping my clients stay accountable and eating breakfast because it's like those little things. We're trying to be create these big businesses or this big impact or do this big race or whatever it is that you want to do, whatever your soul is desiring. Meanwhile, we're not even doing the basics of taking care of ourselves. And it's when we're feeling dysregulated that we don't want to take care of ourselves the most, but that is when we need to take care of ourselves the most so for example when we don't get enough sleep and then that makes us more vulnerable to our emotions taking over because we don't have the energy to really like get a hold of our emotions we then easily give in to addictive behaviors oh I'm too tired I'm not going to work out I'm too tired I'm going to watch TV instead oh I'm too tired I'm just going to scroll I'm too tired to cook I'm just going to eat the hot dog right like and then it perpetuates a cycle. I'm sure many of you can relate to this. We've all been there. We perpetuate the cycle where it's like, oh, I my body needs energy because I'm tired. And so what would give it energy? Nourishing foods. Or like when you're sick and you need nourishing foods to heal, but then when you're sick, you just want comfort food. That was something that really shifted for me. I used to like, <laughs> I used to just want comfort food. And one time when I was sick, I boxed for my mentor. I was like, I want lava cake. She was like, you're sick. You can't eat lava cake. You need like medicine, right? Like food medicine. And this time, the most recent time in New York, when I got sick, I was like, oh my God, I'm craving the healthy foods. Like things have shifted. It was so exciting. So anyway, the whole point is like, you could so easily give in and be like, oh, I'm just going to do this because blah, blah, blah. But it's like, what do you actually need? Right? If I'm feeling tired, I need energy or I need rest. What's going to give me energy or rest? Not scrolling, not eating crap food, like eating some protein or, in my case, drinking some protein, um, maybe taking a nap. Maybe instead of doing like a heavy, intense weightlifting session at the gym, I do just like 20 minutes of walking and then I wash my hair and shower, right? Like meeting yourself where you're at while still doing the things that you need to do for your body because it only perpetuates it if we're then like in that dysregulated state. And so then we engage in the addictions and then we get more dysregulated because we're not actually giving ourselves what our, what we need. And then we're just like a wound up baby, right? <laughs> so it's this vicious cycle. And the more that we can come back to giving ourselves that self-care, even when we don't, especially when we don't want to, because when you're sick or when you're dysregulated, it can really feel hard to feel motivated to do the things that you know you need to do for yourself. I have a client that boxers me a lot saying, I'm struggling with motivation. Okay. First of all, we, this is what I say to her. First of all, we all struggle with motivation. Second of all, if we waited to do the things we need to do for ourselves until we felt motivated, we would never fucking do them. It's doing them when we don't feel motivated, that builds internal motivation. Like, again, we don't think about the most successful people in the world. They don't think about Taylor Swift. Do You think Taylor Swift wakes up and she's like, okay, I have like 500 back-to-back shows, three hours each. Like if she really thought about that, it could be like, wow, that's, that sounds exhausting. Right. But it's just like, oh no, you're connected to your, your purpose, your mission, your passion. And you're like, oh, I get to go perform in front of millions of people. Like what a beautiful gift that is. Right. It's like, we so easily can can let our minds just go to the fear based place and dysregulate us rather than just literally staying in the present moment and in the present moment you get choices you get to choose you get to choose how to take care of yourself does it look like it's does it look perfect no of course not we're human but your goal It's to have a regulated nervous system, going to sleep, getting good sleep, putting nourishing things in your body, moving your body, getting sunshine, getting off the phone. That is going to help, right? Coming back to the basics. And when we feel dysregulated, we have to look at, okay, where am I not hydrating? Where am I not eating regularly? Where am I not taking care of myself? And where am I reaching for this external saving when I feel anxiety rather than taking care of myself. Taking care of ourselves is something we're not taught. And yet it's like one of the most powerful things about learning how to be our own parent. It's like once we start doing it consistently, we feel so such a difference, like so much better. And then when we fall off track, we really feel that difference. Like I was really consistent with no phones in the morning. No phones, plural. I only have one. No, (laughs) no phone in the morning. And then I was doing really well with that and I was feeling so good. I was like having these nice, relaxing mornings. Luna's trying to eat my microphone cord um, or my headphone cord. me, hey, she's so cute. She's literally so cute. I love her so much. Anyway, um, I was really consistent with it. I was doing my MCJ. I was like doing breakfast, walks with the dogs. like everything I needed I, every, everything I needed to do for myself before touching the phone. Now, that was great when my sleep was great, right? Because when I was going to bed earlier, waking up earlier, having time before my first session to do all of that. Now, if one thing gets knocked out of whack in your routine, in your schedule, it's a domino effect of how that affects everything else. So if I go to bed later and then I wake up later, And then I don't have time to do a full hour of no phone because I have session or I need to talk to a client, then that affects that. And then it affects my breakfast, right? Like it's all a domino effect. Now, why was I then starting to go to bed later? These are all warning signs that my nervous system is going back into survival mode. Why was my nervous system going back into survival mode? Because I was going through an immense period of shedding and loss and my abandonment wound was getting triggered. And I started noticing, oh, I'm spending a little bit more time on the phone. Oh, I'm craving a little bit more chocolate. Oh, I'm not wanting to go to bed as early. Like these are all warning signs of your body going into survival mode and it is up to you to catch it, right? And so it doesn't mean it's going to be perfect. It's not like I caught it and then I went back to being on my schedule right away. No, it's like, oh, I'm in the thick of getting back on track with that. It doesn't happen overnight. It's a continual process of, okay, I am in this period right now where my nervous system has some more fear and I can do my best to tend to that, to continue taking care of myself, to continue showing my body safety. And also I can accept that right now in this present moment, there's more fear that's coming up that just needs tending to. And so again, that doesn't mean that the fear then just goes away. And I go back to all my normal schedule. It means that I recognize the fear. I recognize how it's trying to take over and being my own parent means really doing everything in my power to not let that fear take over. And when it does, I can have compassion with myself and then again, make different choices. So when I notice myself on the phone too much, put it away, take some deep breaths. What's actually happening? Why are you avoiding you? When I notice myself wanting to rush through my MCJ, my meditation, chanting, journaling. Okay. Why are you rushing? Why are you avoiding you? Right. When I am reaching for the chocolate again, no, like literally telling ourselves no is the best thing we can do. And then also being compassionate and gentle with yourself, right? It's a fine line of being compassionate and gentle with yourself while also not giving yourself valid excuses. So like, yes, I'm going to eat a little bit more chocolate um, when I'm on my period because I'm learning about the different parts of our cycles and how that's actually like you're supposed to eat some dark chocolate. So I'm like, okay, I can do that, but save it for that week rather than every day of the month, right? Like that's not intentional. So it's really noticing when fear starts to take over, noticing the behaviors that follow that. For me, it's always the same. It's like too much time on phone. Then that leads to going to bed too late. Then that leads to waking up later. And that leads to not eating, you know, um, breakfast as soon as I should. And that means that I'm kind of thrown off for the day. Like I know my warning signs, And I get to choose how to respond to those and I get to be radically honest of, oh, right now I'm, I'm not, I'm not on that same routine that I was where I was feeling good. And I get to compare how was I feeling then when I was doing it that way compared to now I felt so much better, so much better when I was doing it that way. I am not taking requests to be in this video. But thank you for your interest. Um, I was feeling so much better doing it that way, right? Because I had time for myself and I knew that I was filling up my own cup, doing everything I needed to do for myself before jumping into clients and serving my community and doing my work and all of that, right? And so if I know, okay, it felt way better then than it is now going to bed too late, waking up too late, blah, 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 blah. How can I take daily action and intentionality to get back there? It doesn't mean that we won't get off track. We will. We're humans. No one's perfect. We have emotions that take over sometimes. But building emotional intelligence, building emotional mastery, not letting our inner child run the show means that when that happens, which it will, we are able to get back on track that much more quickly with that much more ease rather than completely going down a fear rabbit hole. So. I want you to look at where are you not being your own parent? Where are you prioritizing everyone else and not making yourself the most important person in your life? Because you are the most important person in your life. And I can't say that enough. And when you actually start taking care of yourself, it is beneficial to everyone else. You are doing everyone else a favor. Everyone else is going to be positively affected when you take care of yourself, because when you relate with a grounded, safe nervous system, that is a healing domino effect. And it is the best gift that you can give yourself, others, and the world. So with that being said, if you are needing support in healing nervous system dysregulation, I have been there. I used to be dysregulated my whole life. Now, regulation and healing the nervous system out of survival mode is my new norm. And it's way better. Because again, even when you do get dysregulated or even when your nervous system does want to go back in that survival mode, you are conscious of it and you get to move through it and you get to look at the root and be like, oh, okay, I'm just feeling really scared and that's okay. I can feel that fear and still take care of myself anyway, especially when you're feeling fear. Because if a child were feeling fear, you would want to tend to them, right? So you want to treat yourself that same way. How would you treat yourself if you were your own child? So, if you are needing support with this, I have one on one spots open. I have my membership, which is only $3.70 a day to get weekly live trainings. I'm also adding in a monthly Zoom call for all of us to connect with each other more like face to face. Super excited about that. And you can upgrade to tier two or three to get access to all my programs. And then Real Men Heal, we have some spots left. Uh, The men who have joined so far are fucking fantastic. And I'm so excited for it. It starts middle of March. It's a small group of men, three months together, nine training modules teaching you everything you need to know to go from anxiety and depression and ADHD and trauma responses to abundance, expansion, safety, connection, freedom, rewiring the nervous system fully. And it is the most powerful, powerful program that we've created. So Anna and I are really, really excited. Uh, we still have a couple spots left. So feel free to head to Lincoln in bio or DM us to apply. I love you guys so much. If you loved this impromptu, spontaneous topic of an episode, please feel free to share it. Tag me on Instagram. Let me know your takeaways. And I will see you on the next episode. Next week, I'm having a very special guest on My former client, Taylor Page from Angels and Amethyst, she's going to be coming on. We're going to be talking all about how to work with your angels and faith to help support your nervous system in getting out of survival mode. Because let me tell you, developing a relationship with faith and the universe and God in this healing journey has been everything. It's allowed me to feel safe, to release control, to feel more supported, to feel like I don't have to like do so much and I'm safe to just receive and be and be guided. So really excited to have her on Morning Tea Live next Wednesday. It'll be at 11 a.m. Pacific time, and uh, we'll be on Instagram Live, and then we'll also have it recorded for the pod, so you can choose where you want to listen. For when I have guests on, I'm essentially using a Zoom recording to record the Instagram Live, so the quality is not amazing, but the only other option would be having them come on to zoom recording it that way but then we don't have it on instagram so i really like to repurpose it do instagram and pod for those that prefer you know to watch or listen one one way or the other um but i think it's still good enough where you can hear it okay but just know that if you have any trouble hearing it please let me know because that feedback is helpful and then also know that it will be on instagram so uh, send in any questions for that. Um, yeah, I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be a really good one. So love you guys. It's 11, 11. I'm going to end here. Make a wish. Mm-hmm. Go be your own parent. You got this. Hold yourself accountable. Discipline is the best form of self-love. It took me so long to master this. And let me tell you, it is a life changer. All right. Love you. Love you. Talk to you soon.